Hallelujah. Run into your arms. Run into your arms. The riches of your love. Just love you, Lord. Do you love the Lord? Amen. If you were here last week, man, the Lord just really, really moved. And I believe the Lord wants to move today. The Lord wants to move in your heart today. And, uh, you know, even through my child's testimony, um, you know, God is not a slot machine God. God is a, when your heart moves, He moves. And she wasn't looking for any results. She just knew she's got a problem and her mom and dad and her, the word of God and, and uh, God himself says to give. So she didn't ask and it was just $3. It's just what she had. So I want to encourage you, no I'm not tugging at your checkbook, I'm not doing that. I'm tugging at your heart. Joe McGee has said that when he was without a job and they were looking to what they needed to be doing, Joe McGee's coming next week, and let me highly encourage you, be here next week. He is great, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Um, but he talked about, man, if, 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 if we're going to get the money that we need to survive, we, we're going to have to give big. We're going to have to sow big. And he didn't have anything, didn't have a job. And they sowed, and the Lord provided. And I want to encourage you. Um, and it may not even be money, it may be a smile, it may be a handshake, it may be a meal, it may be who knows what it is. But let your heart move. Our hearts need to move. That's what we're going to be talking about today is blessed. Being blessed and how it's such a heart issue. Um, I've talked on uh, discouragement for almost probably the last five or six weeks. And how many know so many times that if you're teaching Sunday school or you're teaching in an area or you're uh, really pouring out in an area that God really tests you right there? So I told Elizabeth yesterday, I said, I'm done teaching on discouragement. I'm teaching on being blessed. (laughs) I'm really not done teaching on discouragement, but uh, um, I'm, I'm recognizing the Lord. And you know, it's easy to get discouraged. It's so easy to get discouraged. And let me tell you, that's not where we're supposed to live. This is where we're supposed to live, is in the blessing. And uh, Elizabeth and I were talking about this yesterday, about how it's such a faith issue. And we watched a movie last night, we watched Soul Surfer, and I would highly recommend everyone to watch that movie. Good, clean movie. Um, If you've got young kids, you might want to watch it first. But we knew the story, and I don't want to be a spoil. I don't want a, there to be a spoiler alert today. I'm not going to tell you what happens. But we knew what happened, and we warned our kids. In fact, I hadn't seen the movie, and I didn't know when this event was going to happen. But I could feel it, and I just said, "It's it's right here." And Elizabeth's like, "How do you know?" I just said, "I just know." So my little girls go running out of the room, and they already know what happens. They know everything's okay. Everything's going to be fine. They know what's going to happen, everything's okay. But they're in the other room listening to the intense music come up. And fear wants to come on them. They couldn't see it. They know we have victory. But all they could hear was the fear. And that's where we are. We know we've got victory. We read our word. We come in and we rejoice together. But we get out of here and all of a sudden the problem comes at us again. And we forget who's our daddy. And all we can hear is this Da-dum. Da-dum. 
dun, 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 dun. Anybody, anybody been watching Shark Week this week? Let me encourage you just for a minute. We win. The Lord wins. Those on the Lord's side wins and overcomes and gets through. Better off than when you started. And when you turn your heart to the Lord, Lord's get, the Lord's going to pour out for you such a blessing that there won't be room enough to receive it. But in the midst of the Jaws music, you've got to stand strong and don't run. Don't stick your head in the ground and think you're an ostrich and literally think you're hidden because you're not. Just your head is. Now you can't make a decision. Your head's stuck in the ground. Your body's out here just ready to be taken. Get your head up. Start speaking the word. We're sitting there yelling. Number one, be quiet. I want to hear the movie, but it's going to be okay at the same time. Elizabeth's like, stop yelling. I want to hear it. You know, it's the intense time of the movie, and man, and here they are just screaming. They need daddy. They need daddy. Daddy, tell me it's going to be okay. Hold me. They went to bed with their lights on. Just broke her heart. You know, we're trying to ingrain in them. We we win. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. Well, let me ask you a question. Is, how much of God's goodness are you experiencing in your life? Can there be more? If you feel like in your heart that you can experience more, then today is going to be a good day for you. And the next few weeks, because I'm going to spend quite a bit of time in the blessing. And I know I've preached on the blessing before, but this is going to be completely different starting a series today called Absolutely Blessed, and this little part of this sermon, the next two weeks, is about your heart. Today's focus is our heart. And I've learned that as a pastor, that where God's goodness is experienced, where God's goodness is experienced, it's easier to serve God. How many knows that when you're receiving from the Lord and the Lord's pouring out His blessing, it's easier to serve? It's easier to get through things. There, when, 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 when kids are raised in an, in, a, in an environment where God is experienced, they grow up wanting to serve God. But where God is tolerated and held off at a distance, many times they lose their kids because kids don't feel like that serving God is a privilege. And I think that's what Paul had in mind when he shared the scripture here with us in Romans chapter, four verse, chapter 2 verse 4. It says, do you sow contempt for the riches of his kingdom? Tolerance, I'm sorry, do you sow contempt for the riches of his kindness, tolerance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is what leads you to repentance, leads you toward repentance. The word contempt here, you sow contempt, the word contempt literally means to look down upon. It means to despise, and Paul is saying that it's easy for us to despise God and to feel like God is coming in on our turf. Do you so look down upon God's kindness and tolerance and patience, not realizing that that is what leads us to repentance? Even though God is so kind and so good, and when we learn to open up our heart to Him, we find that He is an amazing God, and He blesses our life. In fact, Jesus said, if we really get it right, it's going to be this way. If you really open up your heart, God is going to bless you. 
in Matthew 13, 44, he said that experiencing the kingdom of God in our life is like a man who found a treasure that was in the field. But to get the treasure, he had to sell everything he had in order to gain that field. And that's the way in our Christian life, it really does cost us everything to follow God with all of our heart. It costs us every decision. It costs us everything. But Jesus said, when you do it right, and when you find treasure, you say, man, man, I'm so glad I didn't lead a life that didn't honor God. You know, I read Romans chapter 2, verse 4 today because it's a perfect backdrop to the text that we're going to study, and it's in Matthew chapter 7. And I want to encourage you, if you've got your Bibles, get them out. Let's turn them to Matthew chapter 7 with me where Jesus taught us something very, very powerful right here. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Now, I want to encourage you. The Lord, wants to, the Lord wants to change you today. The Lord wants to impact you today. The Lord wants to bless you today. I, I, I really almost feel like there's a... I don't want to say there's a block, but let me just say this again. The Lord wants to bless you today. You're coming in here hurting, not feeling the Lord at all. I want you to know, I want you just to put your guard down for just a minute and just even in your spirit just say, okay, Lord, bless me. Here I am. I've got my word open. I'm ready to hear. I'm coming under the authority of the church and under the authority of God this morning. Bless me. Pastor says you want to bless me? Bless me. What are you doing? You're setting your heart to receive. Okay? So Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 says, I want you not to judge or you will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it's going to be measured back to you again. Mm. Jesus is saying there's two ways that we can live. We can either judge each other. And he said, if you judge each other, what are you going to find? You're going to find judgment in return. But, I, but he says, I want you to learn a different way. I want you to learn how to measure, how to, how to measure out goodness to people. And you'll find out that when you measure out goodness to people, you're going to receive goodness from people in return. Luke wrote the same thing, and scholars call this a parallel passage. What does it mean? It means that two gospel writers are describing the same event. But Luke said it this way, Luke chapter 6 verse 37 says, Don't judge and you won't be judged. Don't condemn and you won't be condemned, but rather forgive and you will be forgiven. Verse 38, give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. And then he said those same words, for with, that, with the measure that you use, it's going to be measured back to you again. In other words, Luke is saying the same thing, but he is expanding on it a little bit. Maybe it's because he was a physician and he was a little bit more into detail. Not that Matthew left out detail, but you know what? That's why it's good to have four different perspectives because we see things differently. You and I see things differently. Many times it's the same thing, but it's a little bit flavored differently. Due to the way I was brought up, the way you were brought up, the experiences that you've had, the experiences that I have. 
And Luke went on to, to go on and take verse 38, which we repeat so often. But here's what judging does. Judging causes us to condemn other people, and it causes us to get mad at what people haven't done for us. And Jesus is contrasting these two lifestyles where he said, you can be mean and judgmental, or you can learn to forgive people, and you can learn to give to people. And if you'll learn to live the second way, you're going to find a good measure coming back to you. For some odd reason, we tend to think that we're helping the world by judging people, their actions and their sins. And you know what? It's the truth. We think we're really benefiting somebody. That somehow we're helping that person by judging them. Well, let me ask you, does it leave the judge in good place? In a good place? No. It's people who forgive and who give who have a good measure poured back to them. And Jesus used an illustration that was common for Israelites to understand because they had two kind of workers. They had the workers who worked for the owner out in the field taking in the harvest, and then they had the poor people who came behind. And do you remember the workers would go out and, and uh, harvest the, the crops and fill their baskets full, and they were paid by the basket. And it's a common joke uh, from this day that I've read that the, that the workers under the master were paid by the basket so they didn't fill their baskets. Or there'd be a lot of air in those baskets. They'd be light, but they'd get credit for a basket. Yet the ones behind them, which was God's benevolence program, back when there wasn't a benevolence program. Everybody know what benevolence is? When you're hurting, you go to the church or you, you go to someone and someone helps you. Whether it's financially or emotionally or spiritually or you know, in, in whatever way that you might have. Well, this was God's benevolence program. Go get behind these workers because they're not going to what they call glean from the sides. We're going to let you clean up. And what did, the, what did the people that were in need do? They took their baskets and they'd push it down and shake it and push it and fill it and fill it and push it and shake it. That's not enough. Get more in there and shake it until it was totally running over. Totally running over. And here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, if you want God to bless your life, you need to get out of the trap where you're judging and condemning and not forgiving. And you need to start giving to people and forgiving people. And if you do that, I promise you, I promise you, God's going to unload His blessing upon you. A lot of us have heard this scripture about giving to God. But I really think it's our challenge. I really think our challenge is too often Christians make receiving the sole motivation of our giving. And we're going to see this morning that if we do that, we're going to keep God from rewarding us in all the ways that He really wants to reward us. The truth is, until the motivation of our giving gets right... The Bible teaches us that we will never reach the the total reward that God's trying to bless us with. The truth is, until the motivation gets right, we're we're not going to get the full picture. Let me give you a couple examples this morning. Luke chapter 60. Jesus said that we as a believer are to give of anybody who asks. Luke chapter 6 verse 30. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. 
Now, obviously, we do not have enough money to give to everyone who asks. But how many of you know you can give a smile? You can give a hug? You can give compassion? You can give an ear? You can give time? You can give of yourself? We can give a little bit. Maybe we can't buy their groceries for an entire month. But maybe we could buy them one meal. Because we are people with giving hearts. That's what God's calling us to be. Not judging hearts, giving hearts. In Luke 16, Jesus said this. He said, it's giving people who's going to inherit the greatest rewards in heaven. Giving people. He talked about how, how giving opens up the heart of so many people so that they receive from us. I think one of the most challenging scriptures is James chapter 4, where James, the Lord's brother, says this. He says, you want to know why your prayers aren't being answered? It's because you're asking God in a selfish way, and God's not going to bless you if you ask him for things with the wrong motives. So we can know about giving, but Jesus is teaching us for, for something much more powerful than that. He's talking about the spirit from which we live. He's talking about our heart. Jesus, when, when we start talking about money, let me tell you, it quickly becomes a heart issue. Jesus said, if you don't learn how to give... You're going to live life with a half-empty bushel. Whenever God would have poured out so much into your life that you couldn't have contained it. <clears throat> and you know, I'll never forget when I started to learn that lesson. I grew up as a, as a tither. My parents really taught me well about tithing, and I feel like I have a heart to tithe. But I really didn't know why I tithed. I knew it was right. I knew to do it with a good attitude, and I knew that there was a reward on the other end of it. And you know what it's like Ruth Ann. Ruth Ann gave because she needed, and that's good. But what we're talking about now is going a little bit farther, a little bit farther, taking really what your thoughts are about people, where you're struggling in your work, where people are all over you, they're judging you. Well, we're going to try to deal with that by not judging them. Your, your normal response is probably the opposite of what you, how you need to respond. If the world says you're a victim, watch out. Watch out. But when the Lord started to show me, do you, know, do you know how many, have you ever studied God's promises about giving and receiving? And if you were to mark up your Bible all the times that God talks about finances and His will for your life, you're going to wind up with a very marked up Bible because there's 2,130 scriptures in the Bible about giving. You think giving's not important? Do you know why it's like that? Because God is just like you. God is the one who put it in the hearts of parents to want their kids blessed. God wants His kids blessed. And, and, and until we can deal with the spirit of our life, We've got to allow the Lord to get our spirit where He wants our spirit to be. Let me tell you, I want under the, the full unleashing of God's blessing. 
And the biggest hindrance to that is not God. It's my heart. It's my heart. It's not his fault. He's shown me how to put my head under the faucet and drink. I just won't. I want him to send a straw directly to me where I am. In my air conditioning. In my comfort area in front of my couch watching my TV. Feed me there, Lord. God says, no, it's here. Just go put your head under it. You'll get all you want. More than you can take. Have you ever ate too much? Can you imagine being blessed like that? That's going to be a little bit of a backwards picture, but almost sick. Man, I'm, I'm so blessed, I can't hardly take another thing. That's pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That's the blessing God wants, and we're all here with a half-empty bucket. I'd say we're, we're lucky if it's half. It's our heart. God wants to bless us. Look at this scripture, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25. A generous man will prosper, and he who refreshes others is himself going to be refreshed. I want to, as a pastor, start getting nervous in that, man, all of a sudden I'm trying to teach on blessing, and all of a sudden we're talking about judging, and this hurts, giving. But what it is is the Lord saying, I'm trying to get you through the door to my blessing. This is the road in. Turn your hearts from judging each other and start blessing them. Start speaking good over them. Turn your heart. God is saying generosity is the key to being blessed in life. You know, we know what it means to refresh, don't we? Because it's what we hit on our computer when it gets messed up. It gets jumbled up. What do you do? You hit the refresh button. You close it and you restart it. You hope it comes up differently than what it was. How many of you go to bed and hope you wake up differently than when you went to bed? God, do a refreshing in us. We need resupplied, and God's saying that people that run out of supply, what's the problem? They're not refreshing others. You need refreshed, refresh somebody else. How many times have I told you that you want out of your problem, help somebody out of theirs? Hallelujah. You know what? Somebody's got a chance of getting free this morning. And you know what? That somebody's probably going to be me. What about you? I choose. I choose to take this and to change my life. What about you? Not any easier for me. This is for you. There's a principle here that if you're judgmental, condemning, nothing good is coming back to you. But if you learn how to give and forgive and be part of making things good happen in the world for God and for other people, God says, you're going to find out there's no way you can outgive God. There is an, a, a limitless supply of blessing. More than you ever dreamed. Look what Solomon, the richest man of his day, taught his son in Proverbs 4, 23. He said, son, keep your heart with all diligence for out of your heart are going to spring the issues of life. The hindrance to your blessing is in your heart. 
Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of your heart is going to spring the issues of life. This is why I've started this series, Absolute Blessing Being a Heart Issue. Because all things spring out of here. But a lot of people don't realize, don't know it's really a heart issue that caused the circumstances that they're in. How many of us this morning would say, I know people that have issues? Anybody? Two of you? I don't believe you. All of you. How many of you know people that have issues? We've got issues. When you think about it, the issue really comes back to what's going on in their heart. Some of you today are condemning yourself way too much because all you've known is a rule-keeping God and you think He's mad at you and He doesn't want to pour His favor on you. It's something that Pastor Mike at Trinity Assembly on the 4th of July just stood up in front of 7,000 people and just said, God's not mad at you. God's not mad at you. He loves you. He's not mad at you. And I don't care how you've been brought up, God's not mad at you. You're His. As, as upset and disappointed as I can be at my kids, my kids never lose my love. Never. And it hurts to think that they, that they could even think it. Daddy doesn't love me. Can you imagine the father's heart breaking because we think he doesn't love us? He loves you. God loves you. You're condemning yourself. You're too hard on yourself. The truth is God doesn't put dark spots on your soul. He takes them off of your soul. God wants to open up your heart knowing that if you experience God's kindness, repentance and living for God as opposed to having your whole way you're going to find that God is going to find you with His blessing and overtake you. I was talking to uh, somebody this week about how just this week, two jobs, just blessing has just come and found them and overtook them. That is the head under the faucet. Ruth Ann didn't have to go looking for her wallet. Her wallet found her. She wasn't looking for it. She found it. Some of you, if it's not condemnation of yourself, you're just too judgmental of people and you don't understand why, as you're judging people, all you're doing is destroying every avenue of favor that God wants to use to bless you with. For other people, it's a lack of faith in your heart. You don't have enough Bible in you. Let me tell you, you've got to get the Word in you. You're like I was the year I started reading my one-year Bible. And when I started reading my one-year Bible 10 or so years ago, it started messing with all my perspectives. And it started causing me to see God His way, not my way. How many of you know if you don't get to know God, you'll form an opinion of God? And most of the time, it'll be wrong. But as I started to read the Word, my perspective went from here to here. God has, a, God has a one direction to him. And it's through Jesus Christ. And it's through the cross. And it's through the blood of Jesus. 
that's the only way that I get for that. The only way I get cleansed of my sin is by the blood of Jesus. I heard. Uh, I heard somebody. It was a uh, who was singing it. Um, it was Kenny Chesney singing a song last night. Said my mama was wondering, am I washed by the blood or by the water? And you know what? That's good. I got to get washed by the blood. Nothing else cleanses my sin. I got in the one-year Bible and I started to see. I started to see God His way. I started to see finances His way. I promise you, when you make the change and you go from being condemning and judgmental and closed-hearted and you come over to His side, it becomes a joy to give to God and to people and you'll find that God's blessing will find you and overtake you. You don't even have to go looking for it. This is what Jesus wants us to learn. God has no trouble getting his blessing to you. The trouble is we've preached the church like it's a lifeboat saying, come on, get on the lifeboat because you know, sin is messing up people and there's a hell out there and you want to get in the church before sin messes you up and you go to hell. Listen folks, let me tell you this morning, church isn't a lifeboat. It's a cruise liner. And our message needs to be, man, get on board because we're going places that you could never go without Him. The places that the Lord wants to take you is nothing compared to where you think you can go. And it's a place of being absolutely blessed. It's a place of living an abundant life. It's a place of living in breakthrough and not judging or being judged, but loving and being loved. It is a heart issue. And let me tell you, I don't want to have a stingy heart. Can we pray for our hearts this morning? This morning is a great opportunity, and I want to re-encourage you. I know it's hot outside, but come to the picnic and love on each other and let people love on you. Just be a part. Just come and eat and leave. I don't care. That's fine with me. That's not inappropriate. Eating's a part of the church. Show up and eat and leave. Hug a neck. Shake a hand. Get to know me a little bit better. Let me get to know you a little bit better. Get to know Pastor Rob, Pastor Stephen, our families, our deacons. I promise you I won't preach to you. I don't know, I might. I won't much. I like to have fun. God likes to have fun. God's a fun God. He didn't give us this desire to want to be with each other and to have fun. Uh, he did give us that desire. He didn't give us that desire because he's not that way. He gave us that desire because we're created in his image. And God wants to have fun. He wants us to rejoice and have joy. Love each other. Will you all pray with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, I just ask you to turn our hearts. Change us, Lord. Turn our hearts, Lord. Lord, right where we sit, we can think about how judgmental and how difficult we have made things in our own life, things in other lives. Lord, I can see in my life. Lord, help me. Help me to fulfill the responsibility that we have because some of us have great responsibility. But Lord, how to have in our spirit what you desire. And that is a desire to give. And to refresh others. 
not to empty others. Because, Lord, I want it to return to me. I want goodness returned to me. I want kindness returned to me. And, Lord, your way is give kindness. Give love. Give support. Help those in need so that when I'm in need, I get help. Would you turn your heart this morning and just say right where you sit, Lord, change my heart. Help me to consider others in the decisions that I'm making. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Give your heart to Him right now. Just right where you sit, just say, Lord, I give you my heart. Come into my life and save me. Scripture says, all that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Right where you sit, you may be hurting, you may be hurting financially, you may be hurting with people condemning you and judging you. Turn to the Lord and cry out to Him and just say, change my heart. And I believe your word and that if I'll change my heart, your blessing is going to find me. Lord, I stick my head under the faucet of blessing. And that is I'm going to change my heart. You may be here this morning and just need a, need prayer, need support. Have a, your family's falling apart. Your marriage is falling apart. Your finances are falling apart. Your life is falling apart. Maybe you just need prayer for a a job. Maybe you just need prayer for breakthrough. Maybe you just need prayer for a good day. If that's you, I want you to step out and let us pray with you. Will you all stand up just for a moment? Those that are ministry, come on down here and pray with me. And I just want to encourage you, step out this morning. And let this be a step towards your heart turning back to the Lord. Amen.